Welcome to the Queen Divas Queens of Fitness podcast. Join your hosts, three-time WBFF world champions and WBFF royalty, Alicia Gowans and Stephanie Ayala McHugh, as we explore all things female health, training, competing, mindset, and living the fitness life every day. So welcome back, everybody, to what is a very exciting episode because it is the first episode of 2023. Happy New Year, everyone. And it's also the first recording we've had in a little while because obviously we had end of year, you know, my prep, just crazy times um, coming out of the back end of that. This is the first chance we've had to connect in because Steph's been a leisure and has been doing trips to Mexico and she's got Oh, gosh. (laughs) Not so great things that happened. And I mean, Miss, I've been to Dubai and I was over, you know, on top of the world. I mean, all this travel, guys, what we're talking about is that we've all just been on the road um, and on the go. So it's been very difficult to connect on different time zones. And actually, the one thing that I do love, which is evident across both of our situations, is quality quality family time and quality Mm -hmm. in non-fitness, hyper-focused related places which is really nice it doesn't mean we stop on our fitness goals people when we will regroup on this and cover some of this conversation but it's just not so hyper focused it is not so um you know numero uno in our priority we've 100 got more balance in our life when we're not in that function and i think that's really important to cover off um and we, we like i said we will regroup to this but the end of the year last year was just crazy and I and I'm very happy to report that I no longer do my work on my treadmill on the back deck (laughs) I'm loving this for me congratulations Ali I mean for me (laughs) you know going into that because last we spoke and last if you know you follow these podcasts um we were leading into the show and Ali was like doing some crazy amount of steps and cardio I mean ridiculous amount to where I mean, you guys heard the, the the aggressiveness that she was doing. So guys, what an amazing show though. Like, I just kind of want to quickly go all the way back and just recap right about Atlantic City Pro-Am finisher of the, you know, of the year. It was incredible to just, I don't know, vibe. I don't know if anyone listening to this that was there or it was such an amazing vibe. It was, I don't know, such a really good way to finish I guess also in Ali, what an amazing showing. Like you, you heard me. I'm sure you freaking heard me. I was yelling and screaming. I love you. you. I couldn't stop smiling on stage for two reasons. And I actually had like this moment where I was like super emotional. I thought I might actually cry, which as you know, that's a big call because I'm not an emotional person, but I walked out and the first thing that I could hear was Steph. (laughs) <laughs> I uh, was I was just yelling at the top of my lungs telling how much I love her and I, I I genuinely mean that you looked incredible though like you always have this presence and I mean her body I mean I understand she had a hard hard prep but still came through like I I know the the the, the, the difficulty I guess that it comes down to um just being able mentally to surpass some of those you know um I guess mental barriers that we put on ourselves 100 and look you know I stepped out on stage and I could hear Steph so it was it was beautiful and that was actually really strange for me because Steph and I are always backstage together so I have actually never had her be in front of stage and I had that moment of 
Oh, far out, man. Like this will be my worst performance I've ever given because this is my first one in three years and my oh. first one post baby. And I'm going to delve into this a little bit more because this is actually, you know, quite a powerful conversation to have. So you guys can get some insight into the way that, mm-hmm. um, you know, my, my brain was sitting on yeah. this and leading into this because it was very different for me. But my other emotional moment where I just, I just had so much fun up there regardless of how I felt um, because I could see my son in the audience with Christos. So I could physically see him and he's sitting there wearing this little suit that dad had made up that was go, <laughs> go Ali, you know, it's go team Ali's angels. And then it was, you know, let's go mom. And it was super cute. And he's got him up and he's throwing him up in the air and I could hear you and I could see them. And I'm like, Oh my God, don't, normally in my head, I'm thinking, don't fall over. In my head this time, I'm like, don't you fucking cry. you got to ruin your makeup, right? <laughs> so, so I had this big emotional moment on stage that was really quite, you know, different for me. And the other thing is I couldn't wipe the smile off my face. And I don't usually have that problem either. Like I, I'm smiley, but I'm a mix between smiling and quite serious. And I just couldn't stop smiling the entire time. <laughs> I got the best smile though. If everyone meets Ali, I think they just kind of get stunned and they're like, and I saw it happen at every time we had the events like registration or media day like Ali would come up or someone would come up to Ali and they would just kind of stop talking and just stare at her and it's just because <laughs> Ali has the power of just being able to keep this smile on and she just again I guess everyone was very shocked and realizing wow Ali did it right like I, I kept seeing it on people's faces like she looks amazing like she actually is human <laughs> And that, you know what, this is the thing. This is the key to it. I think Um, my competition walking into that was always me. It was never anyone else. It was always me. Right. And my competition, I knew I wouldn't beat her because I knew I couldn't present my best. I couldn't beat my best. Right. Not in the timeframe I had, not um, in the approach we had to take to stage, not with the aggressive strategies we had to adopt for that short space of time. It was just not possible. And I knew that already. So I had this really weird um, feeling walking into the stage where I was on this complete um, polarizing viewpoint where I was so fucking proud of myself and so happy and so blown away by what I achieved, regardless of all the variables against me and in the short time I had. But also at that same time, you've got this thing in you going, man, we are nowhere near our usual level, right? And so it was this really big dichotomy of, don't dare you take away from yourself this win because this is a win. What you've just done is something that no one else could do probably. No one else probably would attempt it or try. And everyone else that had babies on that stage, babies were significantly older than mine, right? So it's like, all right, I'm, I've done this crazy thing post a C-section. Like who the fuck does that? And And I had to remind myself of that a few times where I was like, don't put too much pressure on yourself to be this because we're, you know, give it time and you will be, and you'll surpass it again. I had to just remind myself of that. And I think it's, it's um, powerful to hear this. Yes, super big, you guys. Listen to exactly how her thought process just went through, because I think we lose sight of that. And we have to, even us as, you know, champions, or it doesn't matter if you've won or you're a pro, if you're a beginner or amateur, it's more about how you truly remind yourself that no matter where you are in your journey, you have to kind of remember that it takes time. And that, that right there is the biggest power that you understand. And you, you know, okay, I had the limited time and I did my best. And I think that goes the most 
for a message for any competitor out there listening, maybe thinking they feel short and they let the, the win completely go out the window because they didn't exactly. realize the win was before exactly. the stage. Exactly. Exactly. And so like, so I had, so I had several people come and hunt me down after the show, right. To see how I was feeling, make sure I was okay. And I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm like all smiles. I'm super happy. Christmas and I were eating the most amazing meal together. And I, like I couldn't be negative about it. I was stoked. I was stoked to get second place. It was a tough lineup. Like you guys ended up kind of got fighting off at the end. And I mean, congratulations oh, to Carol who hey. walked away with the crown. I mean, at the she, end of the day, she phenomenal. like her glutes were twice the size of mine, and mine were half the size they usually are. Right. So, like I know if I had been presenting what I normally present, I wore, I mean, her just, and I think this is another thing whenever you, exactly. you think of it, whenever you, you go into the C-section, Allie's core, you know, of course, wasn't oh, her so that she brought. I couldn't actually train, I couldn't actually train yeah. abs. This is the other Definitely. thing. Like I hadn't been able to train abs yet. Um, I was only just starting some little things, you know, but in a complete deficit with an aggressive strategy to stage, there's no chance that I was going to be able to block them out. And, but we already knew this. And I actually had this conversation right. with you. I was like, man, it's not going to look like it normally does because I'm up against it in these couple of areas. And I just got to hope that what I'm presenting. But Ali, you defied, you defied all odds and yeah. you totally went up there mm -hmm. and slayed. And again, just really shut a lot of people up and I loved it just and I really did I love just you know it's it's it is what it is when it comes down to people kind of speculating and saying like is that really going to be doable right um yeah. but you know what it's like kind of yeah. just closing your mouth and actually knowing I know how hard you work and I just know your work ethic so I was just expecting I was over here waiting with popcorn like just like what is she going to do and then you yeah. I, could and back. I couldn't hold back but um the way I yeah. look at it too is that this was my opportunity just to take the temperature of where I'm at and where the the show's at and the category's at and you know it, it was actually really good exercise for me because it showed me exactly the areas that I needed to bring up Very but nice. they were also the areas that I was aware I had lost size in throughout you know IVF and pregnancy that I had not been able to train for strength to gain you know size in it really in that time frame so I, I was aware of all those things. So the cool thing was, was that that's treatable, fixable. And that's, oh, you know, yeah. that, that was what I was expecting. Right. Um, so this reverse post show has obviously looked very, very differently for you. Right. Walk us through kind of how have you since from, you know, of course, post show to now to the new year, uh, how you've managed and how you're feeling and how you've approached yeah. it. And for me on that stage coming off too and knowing that hey that was also an opportunity for me to dust cobwebs off I hadn't been on a stage in three years guys so it was like right I'm just finding my feet again with this stage I'm just connecting back into it so there were a couple of things that came out of it for me and it was you know okay the physical things where uh, it was irrefutable you know Carol had these big blocky abs that I just didn't have yet and her glutes were much bigger than mine so you know from front it's those blocky abs coming through but I can report and showcase on all my stories in real time right now I've got my blocks coming back in my off season. So come stage next time, having worked them now, because I'm training them, you know, every, at the end of every session, they're getting hit um, in, in maintenance of surplus calories. 
with the viewpoint of rehabilitating that. Yeah. That's right. And that's I love that you're you're doing that. it that frequently because it I think so people demonize like you know that core training or doing it with time under tension or adding the fact that it needs to be trained like a muscle. And I think that that's actually that overload that we miss as competitors and we wait for diet to really kind of come through. And don't get me wrong, nutrition is key here, but you guys just watched Ali did probably the you know obviously a very very low <laughs> calorie approach as well as yeah you know of doing a large deficit so it wasn't the the food and nutrition that would ma magically bring her abs it's the fact that she had yeah, lost no, her abs. she I needed to be able to connect with it and yeah, yeah. Was healed, um also you know couldn't actually train to progressively overload on oh. this now i'm only just starting to right so I had to bring up that and I had to bring up glutes. So they're the, they're the two focal points when we look at, you know, the physique building to take me back where I need to be, to be back up at the realms where I usually sit, right? So again, you'll notice the only time that I'm even mentioning, which I'm giving credit where credit's due, these were the body parts that she, that she dominated me on because that was facts. Um, that's the only time I'm referencing it. I'm not looking at it and going, hey, I need to be better than this person, that person, this person. I'm looking at it and going, yep, okay, great. I already knew that. I already knew that. I was already very aware and conscious of the fact that I had deflated in size in my glutes. So they're already my zone anyway, but it was just better confirmation when you can see the comparative lineup, right? So, okay, I've acknowledged that. Now off I go. And the only thing I focus on again is me yeah. and looking at where I normally sit and bridging the gap. So again, I'm not looking at anyone else. I'm not traveling down any other lane. I'm staying in my own and I'm just focusing on the things I need to do to bring me up, right? Because my competition is me and I haven't beat me yet because I haven't brought something better than the last win. So I won myself, you know, some great um, personal sense of accomplishment and I think definite respect in the industry by people that didn't think that I could do it or that were blown away by what I achieved. So, so I'm happy with that. That, that for me is a massive win. Um, and I feel really positive from the whole experience. I've done AC, you know, many times as a coach, judged it and now stepped on stage again, post a hiatus. And this was my most fun stage. This was the most fun AC experience I've ever had because it was done across, you know, very different to usual. This pro-am was run more like a mini world and it had, you know, the multi-day events and we had, you know, a whole bunch of just fun stuff leading into the actual yeah, show, awesome. which was yeah. cool. It was really cool. And I was backstage with incredible women. I got to meet so many amazing people. Like I am just so overwhelmed by that. Yeah. yeah, by the lovely women that were backstage that I got to chat with, take photos with, just talk mum stuff with. So many mums backstage that were coming up to me and just like, oh, yeah. I have loved following your journey. It's insane. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I fucking know, right? That's the best though. I mean, honestly, that's how we connected though, Ali, right? Like not over the kids, but over backstage. It was like, uh, just that connection. And I think that's the, just the power also of the WBFF and the competing and just the camaraderie and also the like-mindedness that everybody has um, within this community. It's just like, we're all so similar in so many ways, uh, whether that's two personalities or, or if that is a lifestyle or, you know, of course, um, what we're going through and you are inspiring, you know, other women. And I hope that the mothers that are listening, because we do have a lot of mothers that listen in and 
listen do. to this podcast. And we have a lot of women that think that once they're a mum, they can't do this stuff, right? Yeah, or that, that's it's not, not possible. And I think that this was what I loved being able to do was just show that anything is literally possible if you've got a the right you know team around you but more importantly just to die hard don't give up no quit no going back attitude at it you can get it it's it's 100% achievable yes. it's not easy and what i did was insane but i just refused to quit right so and we're not saying to go to ali extreme no, we're just referring to you know, it's doable you know it's definitely something it's an extreme but uh we do uh, of course just want to put this as an example that what you do set out to do, whether if that's a competition or whether if that is just to achieve a weight loss goal, a target, maybe just for measurements, just to get just baby weight back off, right? Like there are so many things that you can achieve and just don't write that story of, well, I've already had a kid. I'm just kind of destroyed. My yeah. stomach is not going to look yeah. the same. I'm not going to get abs back. I'm losing my mass forever. Like you're just kind of telling yourself that you're putting yourself down and you do have to remember that you can make a comeback and make it even stronger than you were yeah. before. Exactly. You really can come out and be even better because well, you don't at, want to go back. Look at um Ciara. Look at her. Oh man, I like cannot even express the proudness. That's of the course. someone who's come back better, better in, than. Do you know what I mean? In every so it's like yes, that can be done, and this is why it blows my mind when I hear women say, "I don't want to ruin my body by having a child." And I'm like, the only thing that you ruin if you let it, it's it's going to happen if you let it. But the only thing that you really ruin is a lot of opportunity if you wait too long and then it can't happen for you later, or if you tell yourself and limit yourself to these beliefs right. in this little box that that's all you can do once it's happened. It's rubbish. You're it's just delaying the start because guess what? You're going to get to a point anyways that you're still going to be fed up with all your bullshit so you need to actually just get with it and actually just start and stop saying that it's because of you having children or because you're pregnant I have so many women that I actually train that are in pregnancy at the moment I've had women that literally train all the way up until they're actually pregnant and you more the most relatable like you would understand you what we watched you train literally giving all the way to birth you know baby george is part of and this it definitely, it definitely helped. you know it prevented me from losing so much mass that i would have looked stupid or had nothing left when i came in and like by far this was the smallest i've ever come down to in size but i had to in order to get lean enough because my composition changed so much from the ivf and it was super important that I did that in order to fall pregnant. So I had to. But the exciting thing is, and I think coming out of the show and then setting my new goals is knowing that that was my new starting point, right? I was no longer pushing shit uphill and trying to drop 15 kilos. I was no longer having to do these stupid aggressive approaches to now get prepped for the next stage because reality is it's about reversing re you know um optimizing my baselines and then realistically not as aggressive not as long um well actually not as long as I normally take so I, I don't think I'm going to take a 20-week cut this time because I need more time growing the mass that I've lost back um so it's more about and what we're focused on in this reverse and the current sort of you know process that I'm under is keeping it to a lean build so we reversed straight away. I came out of the show straight away, straight into maintenance calories. I didn't dig around. I didn't do it slow. I didn't try to mitigate initial scale increases. We just took me straight there so that we could get 
you know, health markers back online as quickly as possible, considering how low I had to go and how aggressive the exactly what I was going to say. I was like, your situation is such a special situation because you had to get so low. You were able to probably find your baseline quite quickly um, by just allowing yourself to, you know, of course, recover, right? You were, you you know, because I think this is important that I share this because everyone knows that I have an exceptionally good relationship with self and with food. They, the, those, the fact that I have that is the only reason that when I sat down with my, you know, team and said, hey, this is what it's going to look like. This is how aggressive it's going to have to be. We did a bit of a risk reward assessment on how low I was going to go, what my EA was going to sit at for how long, you know, um, which is not anything I would ever allow a client to do. I need to really caveat this because I would never allow a client to do what I did. They would be told you're waiting till the next show, right? Absolutely. 100%. No, no question around it. Don't even know. We're like guinea pigs. Okay. Like we, we put ourselves (laughs) in the risk reward analysis that we deemed it. Okay. Was my relationship with self, with food, my history, my history of healthy preps, my history of two years in a surplus and great micronutrients being met the whole way through because of pregnancy and everything else, right? So there were a lot of factors that led to this decision where we said, okay, six weeks at an EA of only 26, 27, which is never something I would recommend. Um, that's We're going to do it. We're going to do it because it's only six, seven weeks, right? So it's short-term risk. And, and we took it on board and I ran with it. So knowing that though, we also knew that I had to recover that real quick, straight away, straight after. And we also knew that it would probably be highly likely that my cycle coming back post breastfeeding ending, and then it wouldn't come back because the deficit was so high for another extended period was probably going to be delayed too. And I don't normally have that problem either. Now, I'm saying all these things because this is really important. I'm going to explain why you cannot allow people to prep like this and why you wouldn't as a coach, feel confident with most people doing it because I even did a post talking about the fact that I think 90% of women who compete probably shouldn't because they actually, most of them have underlying disorders or have tendencies to have behaviors, right? They mask it with this process to stage. So I have, you know, no hesitation in saying 90% of people should never approach it like this, but this is a person that in the risk reward analysis with the team, we decided it was okay to do this because of these factors of health and relationship and psychology and mental state um, beyond just my healthy metabolic baseline, right? We decided to do it knowing all those factors. So I'm I'm like profoundly good, right? On the scale of things, I'm, I'm a low risk factor for negative shit to come out the other side of it. I'm going to be very honest with all of you and say, I've never had a problem with reverses. I've never had a problem with binge eating. I've never had a problem with any of those things. My first two to three days after the show, I have never experienced such a fucking irrational, insatiable level of hunger. Never, ever, ever have I ever. And so my immediate thought process was, I'm really aware. I'm observing everything. My thoughts, my feelings, my my body, like, I'm very aware of all of this. Now, imagine if I had have been someone that was prepping like that, that didn't have a good relationship with self, with food, with everything else, that then experienced that irrational, insatiable, unquenchable hunger. Imagine what their 
Parsley like an asshole. You go and eat yeah. a lot. Uh-huh. <laughs> you just fucking dig yourself like, in a hole uh-huh. that you can't get out of. That's exactly what happens. Yeah, 100%. You know, over here, been there, done that. <laughs> but I, you know, like, I can 100% understand how that happens right now. I, I've never experienced that feeling that I experienced. So this was a really cool thing for me because it gave me the- <laughs> well welcome to our world Allie. <laughs> understand even more so and become even more so uh reluctant to allow anyone that has these predispositions of thought processes towards food to even diet in what I would call a semi you know end of the scale with maybe a 30 percent deficit calculation because you can't control those hormone signals. This is the thing. And they take a while to regulate post a diet. And even when you're eating at maintenance calories, you're still going to be experiencing some of uh-huh. the um, you know, feelings and some of these cravings or, or whatever you want to label that, that sensation of wanting more, wanting more, not feeling satiated, right? So you're still going to feel it. And I would say it took me maybe two weeks to get to a point where I was my, my level of normal for a reverse. So my very first meal that I had like out uh, on the night of show, which by the time I calculated it, I didn't eat shitty shit. I ate a very decadent, indulgent, rich meal, which had like a fatty cut of steak. We had like, it was just, there was a lot of stuff. And I had, you know, for the first time in years, you know, a little bit of alcohol. So my whole calculation for that whole day of show plus everything I had after, um, it came to like three and a half days worth of planned food. So I ate enough <laughs> calories in that day and in that particular nighttime feed that I had literally eaten three days of food in one day, right? So I can tell you right now, I did not feel great at all. I felt I had the sweat. The aftermath. I had the oh, yeah. I had, yeah. um, it's actually, it's actually this is your first time experience this. Alex, I'm actually, I'm, I'm like, well, I'm like, bring this microphone closer. The funny thing was, was that this was literally not me going and binging on shit. This was me eating what was planned and programmed and calculated for the course of the day for the actual show and peaking. Right. Which was already, you know, more calories and more carbs than what I had been having, but then also then tacking on this rich decadent, quite calorie dense meal, even though from a volume perspective, it wasn't crazy. Right. So this is my first time doing this. I'd never done this before. And I can't, I can't express enough. My data was horrendous. My aura ring data, my body temperature was so elevated. My heart rate dro- like went through the roof. My heart rate variability was in my fucking socks. It was so low <laughs> and I couldn't, I was like, you bet I felt like I couldn't breathe properly. Anyway, there's actually a name for this. This is what I found super interesting. It's called refeed syndrome. And so there is actually a physical thing reaction and that's actually what i was going to lead into that i was going to point out that created by the fasted or low caloric state and then you you essentially it's technically like overeating so eating too much Mm -hmm. too soon and so whilst so this is the funny part i wasn't eating i ate about 400 calories more than i would normally have in my off season in this one day right so not much it's like literally a snack an extra snack more than my off season but because of how gr- aggressive my diet was for that i was going to say you were in such a low state there three yeah. days worth of food in- for what you were eating yeah. at the moment so my and- body was like what the fuck 
I've I've experienced, and it's just this is what you what you mentioned was at actually one of the 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 symptoms, and just like you even said, it is kind of like that aftermath. It's like a after reaction yes. that your body goes through and people really do put themselves through this. I used to actually, again, be that person that mm-hmm. I was like, what the hell is wrong with me? Like, why am I feeling this way? And why is my body starting to sweat and getting to the point that I am so hot? I literally will be sweating in place. Like, because I, my body is practically like, what the fuck are you giving me? What are you doing? Like, you know, oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's just crazy and it's it's just because it's this massive big dump all at once and the body doesn't even know what to do with it and you know for me it was like wow okay this is what all these crazy bitches feel like when they do these binging and I'm like oh, totally. I couldn't do that to myself because I felt horrendous after just one decadent meal right I actually had to get these Pepto-Bismol things which we don't even get in Australia <laughs> Well, that stuff is lifesavers, dude. That's like I had like clients giving me these things the next day to try and get my stomach to settle down. Give me some thumbs and some Pepto Bismol. (laughs) Probably drink some Sprite. My mom will give you seven up. (laughs) Then I went to normal. So then I just came straight from that that one you know day, which was my show day and the meal off. Um, I came into you know regulated maintenance level calories straight away which at the maintenance level calorie was a massive increase on what I had been eating anyway right but I can't express enough how much better I felt almost immediately um it was game changing for me and I just remember going to myself there is no way I don't I, I never ever want to prep to look like that again and there is no way that feel I feel that way Exactly. There's no and, and that's the that's I think that tie that we all have to remind and remember. We have to go through it. And I think again, you've never really gone through it because you don't have bad relationships with food. And I think again, most competitors, you called it out correctly. Like most people shouldn't compete. They compete for the wrong reasons. And they have already such underlying habits that are horrible that are going to really exasperate throughout the prep. And not only that, they're going to actually create even deeper issues, body dysmorphia, um, you know, start really looking at themselves with horrible body image. Um, But besides that, it's the fact that they start chronically dieting. There's just so much that where you said the, you know, horrible diseases, right? Autoimmune diseases that, you know, really come like the PCOS really self-induced, right? Most of the time, not always heredit. Like again, yes, there's hereditary, very, very much so versions. But a lot of the times it's these women that just hormonally start getting super imbalanced, chronically diet and do some things that probably shouldn't have been done in the first place. I did a, um, I did a post week or so ago far out the amount of responses I got to this post so funny I'm like do yourself a favor and stop following people who you know chronically post about their weight their calories their body fat millimeters their check-ins every single week and they're not even there's a stage not in sight right um anyway I got I got a very polarizing response to this because I had a lot of people being like you know, you need to be able to track macros, you need to be able to do this. I'm like, it's not the tracking that is the problem. It's the hyper-focus and the fixation on chronically dieting because they're fearful of actually letting go of a level of body composition, right? And I made this post because what I have witnessed in the last probably 12 weeks, and and sadly, there's a lot of pros that do it. Um, And there was one pro in particular that prompted me to actually write this post. And, um, and, 
the reason I wrote it was because when you're a pro, you're in you're in the limelight as a potential role model, right? Oh, absolutely. And That's the, what the pro status actually means. So you, the vocabulary that you use to discuss something really matters because people will hinge on that and take it as gospel and they will buy into that or they will reevaluate their own perspective and their own situation and then think, well, I'm not doing this and I don't look like that, so there's something wrong with me. And it, it's this really vicious um, cycle of where someone else's disordered stuff can bleed on to others and create disorder in others, right? So I'm, I'm really careful about what I post always in the sense where I always think if this was an impressionable young daughter of mine, how would I want her to read this information? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's very important to me. So I do not actually, yeah, I can't support it enough. Yeah, like 100%, that. right? So two things I think being a pro and being able to talk about having a you know relatively structured and strategic purpose and objective towards a um you know towards a off season that's important yes but i think even in that context when you're discussing it it should be discussed with the viewpoint that hey, I'm not meticulous. Hey, I don't mind putting on some weight. Hey, I'm not going to have abs and I'm cool with that. Hey, do you know what I mean? Like it's, I'm not saying that oh, as yeah. someone who is, you know, a, a multiple world champion that has run very strategic off seasons with focus and with some vision and with some purpose and with some tracking. I'm not saying that it's the tracking that's the problem. It would be a problem for me if from year to year in those wins, I avoided putting on body weight. I avoided social settings. I avoided date night with my husband because I was worried about not being able to track and weigh my food. The going on holidays with my kids freaked me out because it meant I wasn't going to have access to a gym. Now I'm not shitting you. It's conversations like that that I'm seeing that made me make that post because there are a lot of impressionable women and there are a lot of young ones and there are a lot of people that look up to you as a pro. And I believe you need to be mindful of the language you use and the way that you portray, you know, the very seasons of the year for your physique. And I think healthy tracking is 100% fine. You know, there, there are camps and schools of thoughts on this, that it leads to disorder. Oh, I don't okay. And that's like, that's like it's even not, talking politics. No, Flexibility in the process. Right. So, but we have the right to talk about tracking because we are coaches and this is the thing we understand the tool. And when we know that it's an actual tool and that's what it's there for, it shouldn't own you. It shouldn't dictate if you're better than anybody it shouldn't dictate that you know if you're again if you're really really owned by tracking that means that you are just so systematic with your numbers and the numbers have to be nailed to the t i look i love the efforts that's going to be what you need to do when there is a deadline if there is no deadline i understand what you're referring to ali like there is yeah, two it's, it's like you know, that posting that hey stephanie you know today i weigh this my meals came in at this and you know my macros are this but it's irrelevant right now because i'm not going you know what i mean like i'm just it's much easier for me to just say hey steph I'm cruising in maintenance, babe. Every, and every so many times a week, I'm actually probably in surplus. I'm loving my training. I'm hitting a five-day split and I'm getting stronger every day. Like that's a totally different conversation, right? That's oh, absolutely. Better. You're talking about the data. Absolutely. Yeah. Like that's way better. I, 
I, I love data. I think this is, again, as coaches, we're big on the tracking methods. We're not even referring to not tracking. But the, the, the thing is that I actually relate to the fact of sometimes letting go, not of tracking, but being just mindful and understanding that your body doesn't get owned by a certain number. And it shouldn't be by a certain, let's say, uh, scale or measurement or sometimes even a total target, like understanding, yes, what your needs are. That's why tracking tools are there. The reason why we need to understand what nutrients are, that's why tracking is for every beginner. You need to understand what carbohydrates are, what proteins and fats even are, what your intake is, are you getting sufficient, the value of food, and understanding what your micronutrients truly are. Are you getting sufficient fiber? Am I drinking sufficient water? Am I actually doing all those boxes, ticking them off? But once you understand and you're seasoned and you get those things and you've already been so stressed on maybe, again, focusing on a a weight loss goal or maybe increasing weight or the fact like you're even saying, what are you in? A maintenance, a surplus, a cut? I mean, it's pretty relevant relevant for seasons and of course deadlines. Um, but if it starts owning you and you start just getting obsessed, yeah, I hundred percent agree that's that you need a couple of these. Back. Yeah. That's where a couple of these, like I'm talking like quite scary things where I'm reading, <laughs> like, like I'm actually reading it and thinking to myself, Oh, wow. Like I, I almost feel obligated to reach out and make sure you're okay. Because this is, this is <laughs> some really scary dialogue and and i'm serious like i've i've talked about it with one i don't of know what pro you were i mean again i don't know i'm actually really getting worried right like because this is stu- like this is actually getting unhealthy and you know still looking like but that's self-image though ali if people you know are totally you know just you know, are are, are loud and, and, you know, very voicey about certain things. They're usually on, okay, again, super unconfident about that. There's usually, there's so low, low self-esteem, you know, if they're really constantly always bringing it up or maybe putting that as a shield. Like I think again, like body image back again, how you see yourself is actually what matters the most guys. Yeah. It's not what others see in you. It's the way you see yourself. I think this was just really cool thing to bring into it too, because I think it's really showcasing as well that when I step out of that stage and I have these new objectives, um, staying lean was never one of them, you know, not even for an instant. Did I care that my scale? So let me also caveat this. You see, you know, people posting about having these incremental scale weight gains after a show and, you know, putting on no more than 300 to 500 grams each week. Mate, I jumped three and a half kilos up on my stage weight in the first week. (laughs) How much do you reckon I'm up now? You're probably about what sitting 15. What so that would be about like seven kilos above. What what are you at? No, I was sitting three and a half kilos above. I am beautifully maintaining and beautifully balanced and 100% stable now at just over four kilos up. So So you're eight. Okay. So for what I was, okay. So eight pounds. Yeah. Right. I removed the fixation on food, I jumped straight to my maintenance calories. I had an initial higher jump, sure, but has that continued to increase week to week? No. Am I consistent with my food? Yep. Is adherence easier? Oh, hell yeah. And am I, you know, at a place now where I'm performing really well in the gym, I've got progressive, you know, increase in all my lifts and everything else? Absolutely. Did I recover that strength faster than if I was to do it really super slow? Absolutely. Oh, for sure you would. Yeah. And, and the, there's benefits and downfalls, right? When it comes down to this and, and when you do this, when you go so low, 
Ali had to understand what she was looking into by that jump that was going to be quite high and she knew what she was expecting so it wasn't like oh my god what happened kind of thing it was more of a I know what to expect I and she knows what she looks like at all stages I think that's another power me no of course and I think when you were small I mean you got you had to get I was so skinny and so you getting in and you getting in just some you know obviously what you said three and a half kilos that would have been like seven pounds I mean I'm sure you didn't even look it but at the same time no, the it actually, out. like it really does and if anyone that came off the stage did that and they didn't know what was going to happen and you know probably had that episode would have probably freaked out thinking like yeah, oh my like, god i just the um you see sides of the camp right and i've done reverse processes every way you can possibly do them i've done them and this is very different to how I would normally approach it. But then again, I'm never so deep in the trenches with my legs blown off in the final stages of a prep either, right? Like I'm literally, I'm literally eating 400 calories a day more on my lowest low day usually. So I haven't had to experience it like this. I usually increase moderately maintain for a couple of weeks, then increase again. And then I'm back to my maintenance within like four weeks but this time jumping in you needed to get out. Was, yeah. You yeah. It, I just had to get in, get out. Absolutely. Yep. You know, yep. it was like up to the top of, you know, um, that was the whole game plan, like the whole reason to get down there was like, just, Hey, let's right. test my limits. It's not about trying to metabolically adapt down here. We don't want to even know what this even means. We want to get the hell out. So you guys did the, the best strategy possible. And I mean, I'm excited to see you like going into this year, your showings. And, you know, of course, like, yeah. I don't, I'm not sure what the goals and the plans are. I think that's what so everybody's now, uh, obviously bringing up, um, I set all of my goals around um, some pretty big things we've got going on with business and with, you know, the redevelopment of my physique, I would say. Um, and we literally threw everything into the travel schedule for the year, which is being in all the main pro So just being like we all are. Um, oh, we get to have her back in the U.S. I love it. Nice. And um, and obviously for everyone that, you know, is listening to this that doesn't know, um, we get married in three weeks today. So and, you know, that's an interesting thing. There would have been a lot of people that would have tried to stay lean and small and tiny for that wedding and stay all the way through. That, uh, I had no. Not knowing you, I would have thought it was weird. Uh, if, I would have thought it was the strangest thing if I would have seen you. I actually had this conversation. <laughs> Babe, could you imagine looking back at your wedding photos 20 years from now and you look like stage? <laughs> like you know, I can't, I can't. I can't. I like even I had an off season even look, you know, no, that's no no. <laughs> Weddings should be more um I don't know, just beautiful and a little softer, not so harsh featured. Yep. So for me, I was like, no, I have no interest in trying to stay like that. So I didn't even do my wedding dress alteration appointment until a week and a bit ago uh, because I, I was still trying to put it, like I was still, I still wanted to get to the point where I felt like, okay, this is where I'm actually going to sit for the next four weeks, right? So we finally reached that point. We ran it, went in and got the, um, you know, alteration appointment. Which, by the way, can I just say, I totally missed a calling that's incredibly financially lucrative because <laughs> wedding dress altar is holy crap, man. Oh, that, that's that. a license to print money. That yeah. is ridiculous. <laughs> 
are ridiculously expensive. The whole industry, Ali, what are you talking about? The whole industry is just a I just turned around to Cinder and went, how good are you with the song? I'm sure the wedding planners that are listening to this are like, ah, ha, ha, duh, like that's, (laughs) you know, cha-ching, like duh, that's that's actually where so much, even with venues, I'm even mind blown, like just overall. Just, I'm like, I can own a piece of land and just host weddings there. And that's just how much I'd make. That's actually a thing. We waited till then. We waited until I was actually filled back out into all the right places that then I was like, yeah, okay, now let's go get it fit because this is where I'm going to cruise along at, right? So so the goals for us for the year were around, you know, the big milestones. We we had to tick that box, get that, you know, whole process done. And then it's the growing of the physique back for worlds. It's our travel. We're going to be in Orlando. We're going to be you know, at um, we're going to be at every single major pro-am except for the UK because the UK falls on the same day as um, Australia and that's one of our biggest shows. So we'll be at every yeah. single pro-am this year. Um, just really looking forward to getting back Amazing. into things. Like I've got my first photo shoot back in Oz um, in a week and a bit's time. So just getting back into the swing of doing the normal things again that, you know, I usually do at this point. You're traveling again. You're obviously yeah, back exactly. into the group of, you know, exactly. going to the shows that's so exciting and exactly. I will see you at all the shows that you just mentioned obviously not the Australian one but definitely same situation I'm not able to go to the UK but I'm going to be at all the other pro shows um as well here in the states and uh, it's just going to be an epic year I feel like just deep down like you can just get this feeling that you're gonna have a really really good year and I'm just wishing that for everybody and I hope we're able to spread some of that good inspiration and good vibes because it's still lingering I feel like we're still in that new year's I I still feel it everywhere I go like just the overall motivation people getting the jump start and I mean I I know a lot of people hate on the new new year's people I love it honestly I love being able to see just that jump just little spark get put into people I like encourage others to you know celebrate it and help and really kind of encourage because these are the times that you you were maybe in those shoes years and years ago you know maybe you were the beginner and maybe you were that person that just needed that one little push and I think that again like even right now it's still kind of in the air maybe you're wanting to start something or maybe not just gym and fitness related and I know I'm still on that boat like I'm still kind of riding the wave of getting you know obviously that motivation to do more skill work and I think that that's more for my end it's actually not fitness related a lot of the goals that I set for myself and um, of course I do have fitness related goals like building some more mass back on my body making sure I have my imbalances worked on and I get all my injuries you know situated and I don't have any more pain on my body and rather than fighting through the pain and you know mind over matter mentality I want to like dig in and actually find the root of the problem and actually fix myself and you know obviously just have a good balance approach like you said into the whole lifestyle and not letting just numbers own rather than instead there to guide and you know obviously give us that data of what we're you know headed towards what is happening um you know but at the same time having really really good balance for business and again back to skill set like for me it's more exciting of becoming a beginner I think this is a lot of the things that I'm taking on this year is going to be more of trying to actually learn from step one for some of these skill sets that it's going to require a lot of, wow, like it's patience. And I think that's the bigger thing that I have to get reminded back to time and how things take time. And a skill takes a lot of effort 
patience and time and back to everything that goes in life, right? That is worth having. Um, we have to actually put that effort in. Maybe also for me, it has to be not just the effort, it has to be the commitment because there's so many things that I've always wanted to do, but I've yeah. never fully committed to them. And I think again, until now it's like, and, and I'll even throw it out there for some of the things that I'm really going to be trying to make sure I learn is, is even like photography. I feel like I've always loved it. And again, it doesn't mean I'm going to be a photographer. Sorry, no, take my word, take my word, but I'm not going to be a photographer. It's not that. I want to know it because I've oh, like I've always had cameras like I've literally had them always around I've always literally been that person that has that creative eye that wants to like oh take a freaking picture everywhere you go like just overall just having that knowledge and being able to not just be the model in front of the camera because I've always just been no, the person back in front. as well right absolutely yeah. they're so yeah. technical and it's such a heart you know like in head obviously headache sometimes but with anything learning something from scratch and again you're gonna have to go to school and obviously learn some lessons and get you know obviously some some schooling and just overall uh get taught and be a student and back to that like again I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be that student and and even another really off the wall task that I'm putting on for myself but out there y'all that is not fitness related I am obsessed with coffee and again one of my new year's resolutions was to um maybe drink a little less wine and what I've actually done is um replace that with coffee now so it's actually <laughs> so if my, my memberships with wine memberships that we had we actually kind of got those canceled or reduced and now signed up for like coffee bean memberships from all around the world so I'm so super pumped because we got like obviously like the espresso machine Carrie got me that for Christmas and it was he knows how much I love coffee in general and I look at baristas kind of like artists because they are they have a really big craftsmanship like I adore coffee like that take my word okay take my word by the end of this year I'm gonna be able to make you latte art okay I'm gonna be let that barista I'm gonna like proclaim it and I'm gonna throw it out there I will I will end up being a barista at some point just for my sake because I want to be able to do it again back to I'm not gonna go work at a coffee shop and I'm not gonna go open a coffee shop oh well actually that actually came up to my notion I'm like what if I just you know move to an island and open a coffee shop <laughs> Right, that's just again me that's, that's so far-fetched I'm actually just doing it for personal reasons okay I want to be able to grind my coffee and you know be able to make my art and just honestly know I have another skill set so anyway that is my non-fitness related goals besides my fitness related goals that I had mentioned my non-fitness related goal is that I'm actually getting a thermomix and I'm going to be creating all sorts of amazing foods with my thermomix Shush, I love so funny because I've never been that Chef barefoot pregnant in the kitchen chick ever never done I was about to say you Sorry. and Kristen are about to take over because he's this like a chef exactly <laughs> but what I'm loving about it is there's a lot of really cool stuff that I can be making that is linked into prep and making prep even more enjoyable for me oh, so man, I'm excited also a twofold thing though because there's lots of cool shit you can do for kids and you know Bubby's just starting eating mm -hmm. solids so it's like being able to make some really fun stuff for him um, and then complimentary stuff to what Christos is doing. Christos is doing the thing when it comes to the cooking of the meat and then I will be doing all the other stuff. So, so I'm doing that. And then the other thing that, which is very cool because I never thought I would ever get him on a wall. I've been rock climbing for a while and I finally got Christos to come and do it with us. And I knew he would love it because you think about it. He's on the frigging spectrum, man. And this is the sport that is 
active, you need to use your whole brain on what you're doing. And it's puzzles. It's like solving the puzzle on the wall. So it taps into him at the very spectrum level and he fucking loved it. And so now he wants to go everywhere where we go, we're taking our kit with us and he wants to get on random new walls. So when we were in Melbourne, we did three different centers. We climbed the highest wall that they've got in Australia and I am nowhere near proficient at it like Jacinta is because Jacinta and Shane actually climb outdoors. So they do all oh, I like climber like, climbers. Yeah, they do, they oh, do. I, I like met some climbers over in Mexico and Pablo, like, and you're like legit. Like, yeah, they miles high type proper climbers. Crazy. Like, crazy. This I can't. <laughs> crazy i'm gonna die i'm gonna die no we go with them now and it's a lot of fun because they're actually training to be able to do these really big like um holiday at the end of the year where they're going to climb these massive mountains down in tasmania some really high gradient level it's pretty but where does climbing for fun and for me i want to get to a point where i'm quite proficient but i i I don't need to be like they are like i don't need to do what they're doing don't die on me i'm doing it and so this is like (laughs) our our thing at the moment and um and it's become a lot of fun so nature outdoors oh i love it exactly and challenging but in a mentally stimulating as being as well as being physical right so it's really quite cool and we're we're really super enjoying it so that's kind of on the cards for us for this year too like I think is trying to get to as many different centers as we can which is a lot of fun um but we're never going to be Shane and Jacinta we're not doing these crazy (laughs) (laughs) outside at least you get to go explore as a family that's a that's a yeah exactly right exactly right because we're taking I think so too. I think so too. So yeah, but I think we will actually do an episode for everyone listening to this on goal setting, why it's important, how we do it, how we approach it. I think that will be an episode coming up. So everyone that is, you know, wondering how to pick what they want to do for the year or for the oh, yeah. or for the half year ahead, and it's then board for the year through that. Um, but I hope that you've just enjoyed having us back and like a bit catch of a recap. And then maybe some insight into how I was seeing things coming into and out of the show might help people that are on their own journey that, hey, you don't have to be perfect to get started. Um, It's okay sometimes to to fail because in failing, it gives you a completely different perspective and and focus point. And I actually didn't mind it at all because I, like I said, I didn't feel like I had failed. I felt like I had won a lot and I've walked away from it feeling incredibly accomplished, but also with this really clear sense of clarity and clear vision for where I need to go moving forward. So that was very cool. it's just been, it's been nice just to be back, to be completely honest. It's been nice to feel more like myself and feel like I'm sitting in my usual off season physique, which is nice. Um, and I'm excited for everything that's to come. Absolutely guys. I am like, just everything is said a hundred. I agree. And I'm so excited to be back. I hope you guys enjoyed the catch up and it's really more about trying to really goal set and achieve what sets your soul on fire. I really want everybody to kind of leave with that because Um, If it doesn't really make you happy, it doesn't really make you or service your life any better, then, I mean, really, we just don't need it. Okay, so let's cut all ties and goal set on our next episode. And welcome back, guys. It's 2023. Let's rock on this year and wishing everyone an incredible, incredible end of January and just overall start of the year. Absolutely amazing. Thanks, Steph. Can't wait to see you next time. Bye, Ali. Bye, everyone. See you next time. 
Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Queen Divas, Queens of Fitness podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Queen Divas Pod, on Twitter at Queen Divas 4, and follow our hosts on Instagram, Alicia at Alicia Gowans underscore WBFF Pro, and Steph at Stephanie Ayala 7. See you all next week.